What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Alrighty, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is my co-host Elijah Spann and a special guest for today's episode. We got William Dunkerley. Thank you for coming on. We'll 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 get to it in just a second after we get through all this jazz. First off, we're live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, everything. Um, it is what is today? Thursday. My schedule is kind of thrown off. It's good to be back. Though. I missed the Tuesday episode. Um, but I'm back here in case you guys watched that one. That was just Elijah and Noah from the Blanket Coverage podcast. But I'm back, alas, and uh, the show must go on. So before we get into it, make sure to check us out on social media over at GTD underscore sports. Other than TikTok, we are at GTDsports.com. You can see our personal accounts over on the screen right now at Ryan Bennell 8 and Elijah is at Elijah Span 19. And last but not least, check out our podcast network over on our website, GTDsports.com. We got four other kick-ass shows on the website right now, but tonight you're stuck with us. So we got a great episode planned. We're going to be talking Thursday night football's matchup tonight. Some food for thought, a new segment we have with a bunch of debate topics, questions, and yada yada. Uh, getting into some UFC 269, big fight night, and then of course rounding out with tail or fade for uh, this weekend's sports betting pick. So before we get into any of that though, first off, hello Will, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah guys, thanks for having me. All right, we're going to start now how we normally do with uh, Thursday episodes with a would you rather question, this time featuring Will. So as our guest, I'll let you go ahead and uh, take the first question. Yeah, uh, I guess one that I made up uh, was, would you rather go to a strip club with Lou Williams or James Harden? <laughs> about the lemon pepper wings. Yeah. That's it. We were just talking about this right before we started recording too, like the, the whole Lou Williams wing situation. James Harden's no slouch when it comes to wings at the club either, though. I was just about to say, I mean, yeah, James Harden has his everything going for him with all that. That's a tough choice. It it is hard because also, like, if you go with Lou, like, you're going to have, like, the, like, I guess the respect because, like, everyone knows, like, everyone knows him. But James Harden apparently, like, I think he spent over, like, $1 million a couple times, like, over like five years at like all these different strip joints. So, I mean, either you're going to have a really good time or you're going to like, you know, have James Harden spend a bunch of money on people. <laughs> have you seen that thing on the internet where the guy um, like calculated all like where all the best rated strip clubs were in America relative to his performance on the road? So like anytime he was in Miami, he didn't like have that. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I have seen that. I think so funny. I bet Lou Williams um, so, has some sort of strip club map though. Nah, for that, I'd probably want to go with Harden though. Because, like, if he's risking that he's going to have a shitty performance on the road just so he could, you know. I don't know, but didn't, and... didn't Lou Williams risk, like, the entire sanctity of the bubble to get some fucking lemon pepper yeah. wings? I feel like I got to go with him then. That's commitment right there. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he almost, he almost stopped the NBA again. <laughs> yeah, literally. Some wings, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right, Elijah, what do you got for us? All right. Um, so I just thought of this because I'm downloading COD, right, or re-downloading Warzone and just watching it try to download my Xbox as hell. So would you rather uh, watch your Xbox download Warzone or would you rather watch the Bears offense for three straight drives? It's a good fucking question. <laughs> um, with 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 uh, which quarterback though? Well, I mean, dude, Dalton last week was. I mean, Thanksgiving Dalton was great, but then last week Dalton was rough. It was really I, bad. Justin Fields has had like one good game, and it was that Monday night game. That so that's also it true. Really doesn't matter. Pick He's been poison. so inconsistent though, too. Like, there's been a few plays where Justin Fields has been like, "Wow, like that was kind of amazing." How did he do that? But then other plays, you're like. Why is this guy starting quarterback in the NFL right now? Like, oh, yeah, he's not ready. But I was like, no, because after that Steelers game, I was like, dude, this kid is sick. Like, this is because he's throwing it in the tightest windows. And then just after that, I was like, oh, he is not good. So, um, but the Bears offense, I, I mentioned this on Tuesday's pod. They're averaging 179 pass yards a game for reference in 1934 through 19, 1944 through 1947. Uh, the Bears offense. Passing offense generated 187 pass yards per game. So it's literally worse. I mean, David Montgomery isn't doing too terrible, though. He's been doing – oh, except for, you know, whenever he was hurt those few weeks. But I guess that's just another ding for the Bears. I don't know. In terms of your question, though, watching Warzone download or watching the Bears offense, I feel like watching the Bears offense this year has been pretty similar to watching paint dry. Um, so, I mean, really, it's it's kind of the same thing. It's give or take. I don't know. I would probably say the Bears offense still just because, you know, it's actual football instead of yeah, – You don't get to gamble on this, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that changes things. Shit. Yeah. No, I'm still going with the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with the Bears as well. I mean, they've, they've been so bad this year, um, both sides of the ball as well. I mean – I mean, I think Matt Matt Nagy's just like waiting until the season's over for him to get fired. I mean, it's kind of a done deal. Uh, I mean, they're just pretty yeah. terrible. We we already got some comments here. Will you want to address them? We got Dunk. Does your face hurt? And what happened to William's face? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I I ate shit last night. Uh, but yeah, that's really all all I can say. <laughs> Long story short, you ate shit. Yeah, yeah, I ate shit. But I'm all good. <laughs> All righty, keep it going. Uh, my would you rather, I got, would you rather guard Kevin Durant on the court or deal with Kevin Durant and the wrath of his Twitter fingers, including his army of burner accounts? That's so, e- that's easy, dude. I'm going with on the court. On the road. Because it's going <laughs> to okay. it's gonna be like over. That. It's going to be over. Like with the Twitter, it's never going to stop. You'll never Honestly, leave it down. That's true, because like, you're going to have to deal with it forever, yeah. Like, you're going to go to sleep, your phone's going to be buzzing. You're going to wake up, your phone's going to be buzzing. And they're going to, not only going to be roasts, they're going to be good roasts. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he K, Katie's, Katie's lethal on and off the court. I mean, but I would, I would rather get, get cooked by him for a couple, you know, a couple plays and then bugging me for three days about some BS that he's going to get mad about. Yeah, just get get sauced on the court real quick. A quick eleven and zero one on one game. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that'd be fun though, just for the experience. Like <laughs> exactly. But I'll definitely get sauced. Alrighty, that's what we got for our slight little intro with the Would You Rather's. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into the thick of it now with Thursday night football. We got a matchup: Steelers plus three and a half. They are the underdogs tonight on the road in Minnesota. 
taking on the Vikings, who just lost a brutal, brutal game to the Lions. So how are we feeling about this matchup? So I looked at the – I was, like, watching Sports Center when work – like, the last hour of work. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to bet on the Vikings today. And I looked at that spread minus three and a half, and I was like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of a lot. But for some reason, I feel like I feel like the Vikings can pull it out and they can cover um, just because they let, were let down so bad. They're still in the playoff hunt. And another thing, too, it's one of my favorite things to do is bet on teams after a big win because, like, that Baltimore game for Pittsburgh was such a – such like a grinded out game classic oh, it, was, it was huge too yeah like, classic afc north game like they put it all out there they're, i mean they're probably dog ass tired it's a thursday night game i mean i don't know you could say the same thing about the vikings but they lost so they have more to fight for like they're kind of pissed off and plus you got so, big ben's noodle arm bro can't trust him on four days of rest right right so i i would say that you know obviously you would like to think that the vikings would win this game i mean they're favorited the odds makers think they're they should win at least, but and, and I guess they still are technically in the playoff hunt on like the shit end of it, though. But I would say that the Vikings may come out just looking like shit, complete shit, like bears type shit and get Zimmer fired. I think they want Zimmer out of there. And I know they're not going to like throw the game, obviously, but I think if they lose this game, though, I wouldn't be surprised if Zimmer gets fired right away. Yeah, I think. I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, they both are huge disappointments this season. I mean, not even just based off record. They're just – they're okay football teams. And that loss last week I mean, to the Lions was almost – is almost a nail in the coffin, I think, for Zimmer. Um, I mean, they're just not good. I mean, they have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball and just has not been put to use. I mean, part of it you can blame Kirk Cousins, but, I mean, his numbers are solid at the end of the day. He's, like, definitely a middle-of-the-pack quarterback for sure. Like, yeah. Cousins, he's not, he's not like, amazing. He's not going to go out and win you a Super Bowl, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to lose you 10 games. He's going to get you to at least around 500 usually, I'd say. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with that. I mean, I mean, it's just hard. I mean, they used to be such a dominant good football team, and now they're just kind of floundering. And, I mean – We'll see. I mean, I think I think they can also move on, move like rebuild after this year if they fire Zimmer and move move on from some of the contracts they have. I mean, especially uh, I mean they're playing Kirk a lot of money for this team to be mediocre. So yeah, I don't know. I we'll see. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of buzz about some of these guys like Kirk who just eat up so much of the cap who are good and who are worth like franchise QB money, but like. You can't win it all with Kirk Cousins, you know. You can't, you know. So, I think there there might be a good chance that he's going to have to take less money somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised too. I kind of am curious to get a uh, JD, one of our, our bloggers at GTD Sports, is a huge Vikings fan. I kind of want to get his take on like blowing it up. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know like the the details in terms of like the contracts, their cap room, all that. So of course that would probably change things. But I mean. They might be looking at, at rebuild time soon, but it's hard to say that with a guy like Dalvin Cook, you know, it, it, it's tough. So, and especially, and Justin Jefferson, like, like you said, Doug, they have all this talent. And Thielen too. I mean, yeah, too. I don't, and Dalvin Cook though, tonight, that's another thing to talk about too, is Cook is playing tonight after that shoulder. I forgot what exactly the shoulder Ankle. injury was. I thought it was his shoulder. Uh Okay. Either way, he either way he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, he sat out last game, and uh, Madison. I mean, Madison is one of the best backups, arguably the best 
backup running back in the league. And he he ate. So do you guys feel like they're kind of rushing playing Dalvin Cook right now? Definitely. Yeah, I I I would agree. I think I think they're I mean, I think Zimmer is just like feeling the heat and he's just trying to I mean, they have a, a talented running backs as well, but I mean I think they're just rushing to, to stay in the playoff hunt. And I, I don't know if it's a great idea. Honestly, that's a good way to put it. I think it is kind of Zimmer like pulling out all the tricks, like doing whatever he can regardless. Cause just imagine though, if Cook ends up going in and getting hurt again, the blood's gonna be on Zimmer's hands, you know, like that that's not gonna look good. Because yeah, Madison absolutely. is Madison is fully capable as a backup. Like I really I don't I mean it's hard to say there's not much of a drop off because it's fucking Dalvin Cook, but I mean he's gonna get you yards. Like they have a pretty decent offensive line. Definitely. Oh, I see a question here that flag that's on my background behind me. Uh so those are flowers. This is my aunt's back house, and it's like a close-up <laughs> photo of her flowers. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> oh, wait. I guess it looks like tits. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty it's funny. It's not tits. So. All right. Anyway, though, back to the game. Uh, we're kind of talking about like the uh, the Vikings still being in playoff contention, but from Pittsburgh's standpoint, what's their record now? Are they 6-6? Six and six or, or five? They're close to 500, right? Yeah. They, they're 6-6-1 six, six and because they tied with the Lions. You remember? Yeah. I think like, that I think that is 6-6-1. Six, six so do you think they are actually in playoff contention or do you think they're pulling the typical Pittsburgh bullshit of fake it till you make it and find ways to win games? Because that's what Mike Tomlin does. I mean, the guy's never had a losing season. So I know we hear that all the time, but it is what it is. And I mean, this might be his first, but I don't know. He keeps on finding ways like Big Ben just will occasionally have a game where he looks decent and not like the worst quarterback in the league. And then the next week he will like he did against Cincinnati. But, I mean, he had good games against the Chargers, which they lost that game. He looked okay enough to beat the Ravens last week. Um, and then in the Bears, he looked okay. And then he'll just have other games where it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I don't – it's tough to say because the AFC is so wide open too right now. Like, especially the division, the AFC North. I mean, they could finish anywhere from – they're not going to win the division but they could probably finish anywhere from second to fourth. Like they're, it, it's truly a wild card with the Browns, Bengals and Ravens or not Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers right now. Ravens seem like they should win the division, but they keep giving me reasons to question them. Yeah. They, they've been losing some like weird games. I mean, they, they came in, I mean, the Bengals came in with really no expectations this year. And um, you know, Zach Taylor, I mean, he kind of turned the whole thing around. Um, it's Burrow has been playing really well. Um, but I mean, if that's Steelers wise, um, you know, there this is Ben's last year, I think, at the end of the day. And I think Elijah, you kind of mentioned it before the podcast. Uh, I mean, they're be, gonna be looking to get a new quarterback, especially uh they should be looking at Pickett out of uh Pittsburgh. I mean, he's 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 gonna be a really I think he's gonna be a really good quarterback um in the NFL. But I think right now, uh, you know, like you said, Mike Tom's such a really good coach and um I, I don't know. I think I think they could definitely squeak in the playoffs, but um, I don't know. They're, they're definitely not the same. Um, they could make before the playoffs, we, but that would be it. Yeah. Bef- before we move on, what is y'all's uh, prediction tonight? Who's winning, Steelers or Vikings? I'm taking the Vikings. I usually fade the Vikings, but I'm taking them tonight. I'm taking the Vikings as well. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna win. 
Vikings. Shit, we, we all three said Vikings, bro. Now the Steelers, Steelers are going to win. Steelers yeah, Steelers win. win. I know. There we go. Damn it. Uh, all righty. Well, that's, that's all we got for Thursday Night Football. Moving on now, we got first time doing this segment. Um, as you can probably tell by the title of the episode, Food for Thought. We're basically just going to be doing kind of questions where we can debate. It's uh, across all sports, basketball, football, everything. Mostly football related, of course, because we're in the heat of it. But first up, we got, is Mac Jones a top 10 quarterback right now? This is kind of juicy. Right now? Right like now, is he a top 10 moment. quarterback? I mean, let's let's try and name ten guys better than Mac Jones, and then that'll that'll decide. Okay, so so Rodgers, Dak, Dak uh, Brady, Mahomes. Okay, I, I would say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I don't know. This season he's kind of trash. If we're seeing this season right here, right now, like yeah. week thirteen. Actually, you know going... what? Let's do that. Yeah, let's do like right now as it stands. Yeah, Russell Wilson has been playing like shit. So so all those guys, not Russ. Um, I'm trying to think too. Did you say Mahomes already? Yeah, Mahomes. I would say Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been playing really well. Yeah, he's been great this season. Uh, would you say Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke's been on fire right now. No, I, I would. I don't. I wouldn't take him over Mac Jones. Yeah, that's that's kind of my argument. Yeah. Um, this is tough to think like on the see, spot. Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. He, yeah, it's even though he hasn't been as good, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I would agree with both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's eight. Um, even Kirk, I would probably take Kirk Cousins over him. Honestly, ooh. that's tough though. That's tough. It's oh, a tough one. <laughs> I, I Stafford, Stafford, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's nine. So, and Murray, Kyler Murray, that's definitely ten. Do we not? Do we not say Murray? No, we didn't yeah. say him yet. Okay, so. I mean, it depends on who you ask, like him or Kirk Cousins. I would say, honestly, oh, man, that's tough. I mean, as much as I like the dog on Kirk Cousins, like he is good. Um, right now, man, it's hard to argue with his three interceptions on the year, I guess. I guess Mac would probably be like 11 or 10. Yeah. I he's, just fringe, gotta... he's fringe 10. I just got a text, uh, dunk from Sebastian <laughs> saying Josh Allen. <laughs> we got we got him up there. We got him up there. Josh sure. Allen. Josh Allen's definitely better than the Mac Jones. Yeah, I think Mac Jones yeah. would be right on the outside though of the top ten. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's fun to think about him being a top ten quarterback. Like it's fun to think of the rookie having such a great year, but that's when you come when it comes down to it, that's kind of tough. I mean, they won Monday night when he threw three passes. So <laughs> yeah, literally, bro. <laughs> Yeah, they, they they ran the ball the entire game and 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 they one of the I think one of the defensive backs is like, oh dude he he still played great I mean, I mean all he's he's a quarterback he manages the offense and I was just like oh I mean I guess you could put it in that sense but yeah I mean the thing is is I mean what what have they won seven straight games their last loss was the Cowboys so. Um, I mean that's very impressive for a rookie quarterback though. Like, yeah, that's nuts. That's, that's nuts. But yeah. I mean, I I would say I would agree. I mean, he's fringe ten, maybe like I mean, he's definitely top fifteen. Um, maybe it's the Patriots because the Patriots. I mean, they only went seven or nine last year, and they had Cam Newton as their quarterback. And I think we can tell by this year, Cam Newton fucking sucks. Cam Newton's so, fucking done, dude. He's terrible. So yeah. that might just be maybe he's just like kind of average, and the Patriots are just good enough. And Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's just a good enough head coach that we're just blown away by how good he is. Yeah, what, what was Cam's stat? I think he had like seven seven touchdown passes and like nine interceptions. 
last year? I think I think that was his line. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> he probably had a few rushing touchdowns though. But I mean, still, that's he had that's a few. Bad. But yeah, yeah, that's because he. Well, he. I think he might have missed two games. It's not like you know, it's terrible if you're a starting quarterback. That's so awful. to answer the question, it seems like we all kind of agree. Mac Jones is is fringe top ten, kind of pushing it. I think he'll yeah. get there for sure, though. Like hundred percent, he's on the path. Probably by next year. Yeah, pro- probably next season he'll be top ten. All right, next up, switching to uh, basketball for this one, is LeBron James receiving too much of the blame for the Lakers' early season woes? I don't. I should have checked. I forgot their exact record, but they're around like twelve and twelve. They were eleven and twelve, so they're around five hundred, which isn't terrible. They're still in the playoffs, but I mean, considering they had finals expectations at the beginning of the year. It's been a slow start. So do you guys think LeBron is taking too much slack? I mean, I called it that this was going to be a slow start. So it, nor- it seems like it is with LeBron and these like superstar teams. And they're still figuring out the whole Westbrook thing. And AD, AD is not as advertised. No, AD is a number that. two. He's, he's, an, he's a solid number two and will never be a number one ever. Yeah, yeah I- I remember when guys were saying, like, it was like two years ago, like, oh, I'd rather have AD than Giannis. And I was like, I don't know, because he can't stay healthy either. And he's just not, he's not been, I mean, he's been playing like a number two or three guy when they their expectation for him is you're the, you're the number one guy, man. Like, LeBron's 37 now. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is he supposed to carry this team? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, if it, if they were able to kind of hand the baton off like the Lakers front office was expecting of like when LeBron misses, you know, AD just steps up to the plate. It would be going a lot better. And I mean, I know the Russell Westbrook situation is kind of still under works, but Russ has been putting up some pretty good numbers as of late. I think he's averaging like over 20, like over 25 and five in the last two weeks. So I mean, that's pretty solid. I mean, you also saw this with the Wizards last year, but they had a terrible start. And what, I mean, part of it was Russ Book and figuring out how to – I mean, he's, he, he just changed the team again. And I think part of it is in- integrating him into the offense. I mean, because LeBron, you know, in the past has been the guy with the ball. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I don't I don't think – I think, yeah, they're disappointment. Um, and – I don't know. I I think I think it's been a fair amount of criticism for LeBron, but on, and honestly, I don't think Frank Vogel should begin a lot of crap for this. I mean, he's a, he's a solid coach, and I mean, going back to his Pacer days, he took some okay Pacer teams to the uh, you know Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, you know we'll see. They even might. I mean, they might make a change after this year for the head coach. So I don't know. It's it's always a lot of expectations for the Lakers either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree that Vogel's a good coach. Even like even LeBron has is like backed him up a lot of times when he's faced criticism. And I mean, if LeBron is supporting the coach, that usually means something. Because I mean, you know, whenever he was basically the GM head coach and everything back in Cleveland, he's kind of stepped back a little bit, let Frank do more work. But in terms of receiving too much criticism, I think the media is always going to pin this kind of shit on LeBron because he's, he's LeBron. He's like the face of the team. He is the Lakers right now, but I would, I would say the blame should really just be on the team. Like the team as a whole, I mean, their execution has just not been there. Like, I feel like, I feel like Vogel hasn't really done anything wrong to deserve criticism either. So like, they just, they just got to get it done. They just got to start winning games. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, 
you know, it's 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 always you know anyone who's a top five player is going to get criticism. Uh, you know, with if they do something or not, or it just comes comes along with you know being considered the goat, right? Yeah, no, I mean exactly. All right, and then sticking with basketball, actually, this is kind of a little bit out of order, but now that we're on the basketball topic, uh, is there any argument to be made um, other than Steph Curry for the greatest shooter of all time? Because Steph is currently three or 10 three-pointers away from setting the NBA record on most all-time threes. Yeah, absolutely not. I, yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's the best, and I think, honestly, too, since he's won those back-to-back MVPs, um, he's kind of been slept on a little bit. Like we've kind of underappreciated Curry in the past, especially this years. preseason. I feel like, um, because he's going off yeah, this year. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's bounced back year for sure. And then like they're only going to get better too with Clay coming back and Wiseman coming and back. Wiseman, so dude, they're so they're going to fucking win the finals, dude. Yeah, I would be okay with it too because KD's not there. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it as much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and the thing is, is we've got a third. I mean, we forgot about him, but the past two years, it's. I mean, the, the Warriors just haven't been that good of a team, and along with that, I don't think Curry has got. I mean, he was an MVP conversation last year, but I mean, the team didn't make the playoffs, so um, you know, it's it's kind of like you know, you you, you need to measure, uh, you know, your success based off the team as well. But I mean, there's no debate; he's the best shooter of all time. Uh, I mean, well, there's like Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. I mean. They're freaking amazing, but I mean, Steph literally changed the game, um, like in, for the modern NBA. So I mean, it's it's so cool to see him play too. I mean, the, the way he plays basketball is just it's like watching jazz, as they say. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Poetry and all, motion. All the all the half court shots too. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of the most exciting players to watch. Um, my my take, I would agree though. That there's there's no argument that he is the greatest shooter of all time, but I think you also have to look at shooting on the run or like off the dribble and then spot up shooters. Cause I mean, Steph is like by far the master of shooting off the dribble. He can literally do move, pull up from fucking wherever and drain it. But I will, I still think he's the greatest shooter. I'm not, I'm not debating it, but I will say it's interesting to bring up Ray Allen, like you mentioned dunk. And then also this one might be a little bit of a sleeper, Kyle Korver. Don't sleep on Korver, bro. He has some all-time three-point records. He, he has the highest three-point percentage in a game. He has the highest three-point percentage for a season. I mean, his job was literally to go out there, stand still, and shoot the ball anytime it touches his hands. And he was good at it. What they call him the best spot-up three-point shooter in the league? That's, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. So say. in terms of spot-up, he may be in that conversation too. Uh, yeah. Best role player. For three-point shooting yes that would, that would that. yeah that, that would, would be a be better separation but yeah no that's a good argument i think his name probably deserves to be thrown out there a little more yeah he's he's super i think he was always pretty underrated uh like underappreciated but um i mean it's funny i think they i my opinion i think corver and clay they play pretty similar uh because they're more spot-up guys i mean you remember when club how many threes did clay hit in that game when he had like 57 or something i think he had seven dribbles yeah, I remember which game you're talking about. And he like 27 points in the third quarter or something. Yeah, yeah. that's the definition of a of a you know, spot up shooter. You don't need to you know dribble, 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 dribble to get a good shot. Um, it's just kind of knowing their offense too. Yeah, that is Clay is also in that conversation too for like best spot up shooter of all time. Like, I mean, literally, they have two of the best shooters in NBA history on the same roster. Mm. 
I hope though. I mean, I know it's it's a little bit different with like injuries and shooting because I'm thinking of whenever Clay comes back, he's probably not going to be the same player all around. But after two brutal injuries like that, I wonder if it's going to affect his shot. Because I mean, you know, I know it's all about the follow through and whatnot, but half of the shot is using your legs, and he tore his ACL and his Achilles back to back. So like, I don't know. That's got to have some sort of effect. All right, in terms of, though, that that question, it seems like we're all in agreement. Uh, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter. I just thought I'd bring that one up because he's he's so close to setting about the record. About to break the record. Know? Yeah, pretty yeah. relevant right now. Well, all right. Watch him, do it, watch him doing it. Like, he gets, he's going to hit all 10 threes in one game just to be like. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. There was talk that he was going to do it in his last yeah, game. They were talking about it because he was he said that. He was like, what was Clay's record? Because I think Clay had 13 in a game. He's like, maybe I could break Clay's record and get the all-time record at the same time. But didn't happen. He was yeah. going for it. He had 12. He had like 12 three-point shots in the first half. He went like four from 12 or four, four, 12. Mm. God, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> All righty. Anyway, back on the football a little bit. So we're we're rounding out fantasy football season. Also, I see kind of a, a fantasy question here from Sebastian. Will Debo Samuel play this week? What do it look like to you, Jake Glazer? I'm not Matthew Barry. Shit, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, I honestly don't even know the severity of his injury or anything. I don't have I don't Debo know. on any of my teams, so unfortunately, if he plays, hammer the Niners. Yeah, honestly, because they oh no, fuck you. We they play the Bengals this week. Fuck <laughs> yeah, <you. laughs> bounce back game for Cincy, baby. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, but since we're kind of at the end of fantasy football this year, the the start of the playoffs, um, this one's kind of centered around that. So considering all of these injuries, we talked about Dalvin Cook. You know, McCaffrey, of course, has been hurt. Kamara's missed a few weeks. Derrick Henry out for the season. Those were the top four guys. So who is poised, do you think, to be the number one draft pick next year? That's easy. Jonathan Taylor, hands down. All right. Interesting. No, no debate. Jonathan Taylor is the number one. If I had number one pick for next year's draft, I'm hammering Jonathan Taylor. You know, now I mean, now that you say that, I don't think I really have a good argument for anybody else. <laughs> pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure he's RB1 right now in this season um he doesn't get hurt he's gonna get fed the rock he's in a running offense with the badass offensive line what are they gonna do put the rock in carson wentz's hand six, 17 games a year come on <laughs> no come on. dunk i see you shaking your head i assume you agree then jonathan taylor yeah it's you know it got me thinking i think before the, you know this season i think a lot of people were you know really high on mccaffrey coming back but man he's been such a disappointment just because of health and all that but yeah i mean what a what a season he's had how many touchdowns did he had five touchdowns in a single game right oh my god that was glorious i have him on my fantasy team 53 points oh, oh chef's kiss, dude i loved it that's insane yeah, yeah i honestly i, I get to agree with elijah there's nothing really like there's no one else that he's kind of ahead of the pack uh, i also want to say that for gtd league i threw out i was like hey should we draft john jonathan taylor and you shot me down immediately so bro I will I will be the first to admit at the beginning of the season I saw Jonathan Taylor in like the top 10 and I was like what the fuck is like who's going to draft him in the first round Joke's on me joke is on me but uh in the league I have him I ended up trading for him like right before he started popping off but I will say I was very nervous about Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack but they have been non-existent like he's I thought good. it was gonna be, yeah, I thought it was gonna be a crowded running back. Room, he's too but... good. I just knew that. I mean, he's too good at Wisconsin to be like a non-factor in the league. All right, so I'm looking at the fantasy rankings. Jonathan Taylor is number one. 
then it's Austin Eckler, then Joe Mixon, <laughs> Joe Mixon of all people. Finally, it happened. Yeah, finally, dude. He's finally getting some credit out there. <laughs> yeah, I got Eckler this year. What do you think about? Um, I mean, I guess r- running backs are always the hot commodity in fantasy, so they'll probably go first. But you could maybe make a case for uh, for Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup even. Yeah, Cup's been phenomenal this year too. I mean, he's just it's a, I mean, LA has so many weapons and I mean, he he just keeps been getting fed the ball, man. I mean, he's been phenomenal. It's it's been cool to watch. Yeah, that Stafford yeah. Cup connection is legit. Yeah. Do you I think Stafford. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I think I'll have to agree though. John, like looking at the rankings, it, it does seem like Jonathan Taylor would be JT. probably poised for the number 1 unless somehow, I mean, you never know, like ESPN and whoever does the rankings, they might still put like Derrick Henry above him because he'll be healthy next year. But yeah, I'd have to see. I don't know how recoverable like his injury is. Like, I don't yeah. know because he broke like the metatarsal, which is the outside bone like on your pinky toe, right? I, I don't know. I think I'm I pretty think sure. So. I, don't know. I, I'm I not believe you. <laughs> bro, I run a sports podcast, bro. You think I know about the bones in the body? I mean, we're kind of <laughs> supposed to, but. <laughs> all right, whatever, probably should, whatever. but it's not whatever. Anyway, um, I don't know, like how, like when Dak broke his ankle, they were saying like, "Oh, he'll be back next year, no worries." Like, it's not going to be an issue. Is that going to be? An, is it going to be like that, or is it going to be like you know when you tear your Achilles and then you don't have the same explosiveness? I'm probably leaning towards more like like a Dak ask injury where you can just come back and it'll be fine. But uh, you never know with some of these guys. So if that's the case, then yeah. Um, McCaffrey, I think, you know, he just has his reputation now. Yeah. Watch him go in the bottom of the first round or like mid to bottom of the first and then finally play full season. And then that player is, is a genius league champion, the league champion. Um, and then Kamara is probably still going to be in top five. Like it's just pretty uncharacteristic of him, um, to miss these games. And then, yeah, he's never really had any injury troubles. Yeah. And then Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I mean, it's just a given if you draft that guy, he's going to miss at least two to three games. Yeah. Would y'all, would y'all put, I've, I've Nick Chubb on my team. Would you put Nick Chubb up there in top 10 running backs right now still? Yeah. But yeah, I would, I would probably like near the bottom just because of the whole receiving thing. Like, because everyone plays PPR now. Like, I'll take Eckler over Chubb. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. I also what I have a question. Uh, who do y'all think is like the 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 favorite for the Super Bowl this year? Is that, I mean it's kind of wide open, like compared to other years. Right now, statistically, the most likely matchup is the Buccaneers versus the Patriots, which would be fucking amazing TV. <laughs> like that would be amazing. Everybody would watch that shit. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like match made in heaven. It's like a it's like a movie. I, that's a popcorn. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, the the media is going to eat that shit up, dude, with so many hype videos, storylines, all that. But I realistically, though, um, at the beginning of the year, I picked the Rams and the Bills. Do I think that's going to happen still? No. I, I, I honestly am leaning now more towards Packers against uh, um, probably the Patriots, honestly. Packers and Patriots. That's what I think. What about you, Elijah? I don't even know. I want to say Cowboys so bad. but Fuck I just- off. They just the the three out of four drop dropping three out of four really really hurt me on that. Um, probably can the Packers get past the NFC Championship? I don't know. Tom Brady's still rolling. Tom Brady's my MVP, um, so it's, it'd be hard for the not to pick the Bucks. 
I'm not gonna make these aren't like official picks. I'm just but I would probably say like Bucks and I don't know. I don't think the Chiefs can get past to the Super Bowl. I mean, probably the Patriots do. Like they're just roll, they're just rolling. It's it's yeah. the, it's Darth Sidious, like he, the evil empire. They're at it again. You know what I mean? They're back. They made another Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, dude. Yeah, except this time instead of Darth Raider, that they, they have Kylo Ren. So it's like, <laughs> stupid. yeah. I I think I mean, I think it's hard. It's hard not to you know bet not bet on Tom Brady at this point. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I mean, and the, and they, I mean, they still look solid. And, and going to the Chiefs, I mean, they look. I mean, they've you know they're still a good team, but their their offense does not look the same. Uh, I'll be honest; they look kind of like a shell of themselves sometimes. And I mean, at the end of the day, whoever's going to be the hottest to end the season, and you know, it's I think it's this is one of the most um, kind of toss up years in a while because there's a oh, I mean, such a good yeah. team. Playoffs are going to be so great. This is probably going to be the best playoffs in. A decade. I mean, you know, we got like the Cardinals who are, who are ten and two, and I could probably name five teams that I think are better than the Cardinals right now. Like, it's just a weird year. Yeah, I feel like people sleeping on the Cardinals is coming going to come back to bite us in the ass, though. Something that that's true. They might because I feel like nobody's going to pick them in the playoffs. Everyone like, make a deep run. Everyone's sleeping on them, man. And like, oh God, I just don't want to admit that. Cliff Kingsbury might be a good coach. Dude, I, dude, same, because he's, he's honestly not, turned them the fuck around this year, like which is nuts. You don't go 10-2 by being a bad head coach, and it's just like – but I don't want to accept that fact that he is. Well, it's just – when the, the hire was weird as it was. I mean, him coming out of Tech, being mediocre. I mean, they didn't win more than seven games, I don't think, when he was at Tech. Yeah, dude couldn't even win a conference championship with the greatest quarterback of our generation, like Patrick Mahomes. Like, what? I mean, but I, I'll just I'll just say it. I mean, hats off to him, man. I mean, he saved his job this year. Um, and the thing is, I think the thing that's going to really hurt them is, um, I mean, it sucks that JJ Watts hurt again. And he was he was playing so well before yeah. his injury. Like he looked like his his old self. And of course, I mean, that's I think that's going to bite him in the ass down the road. I mean, that's just the story of JJ Watt. Is I mean, playing like on like just ridiculous level of football, and then being out for the rest of the year. Like, literally, it's it's just a recipe at this point. Yeah, he he might retire soon, man. But I mean, he's still one. He's one of the best defenders of all time. Yeah, it? definitely for sure. Yeah, was this deal? Was this deal two years, three years? I think it was two. Okay, I could be wrong though. I think I think it is two. Okay. I just noticed we got a question here. TCU or Texas A&M this Saturday. Oh, I didn't even think about that. We we play in college basketball. We play A&M. I would like to say TCU because no. I would have thought we would have lost to Utah last night, but we beat Utah. That was a pretty good win. And A&M is really not that great at basketball. Like we're pretty on par with each other. Yeah, I was at the game last night. It was pretty. It was awesome actually. We we I don't know. I mean that that loss we had to was it Santa Clara. Santa Clara, that was that was a beatdown. Like that was one of the worst basketball games I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, that was just ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. But I mean, it's hard to be biased. Uh, I mean, not be biased, but I mean, I mean, I mean, A&M hasn't really played anyone so far. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, neither have we until Utah. But I guess you could say Santa Clara is decent. But hey, we played anyway. Old Bob. Oh yeah, Oral Roberts is also a decent. And then yeah. we didn't cover the spread, which I was super happy about. <laughs> I bet on Oral Bob. 
<laughs> by half a fucking point. There you go. All righty. Uh, stick Max. it to it, though. Wait, what? What, Dunk? I said, oh, what do y'all think about Max? You know, or while Roberts play Ace. Oh, Max. Yeah, Max Acemas, dude. He's he's fucking good. I think he's a first round talent. You should transfer, dude. I don't know why you say to Oral Roberts. I mean, he's getting attention still. Yeah, like, he, he's still getting NBA scouts looking at him. But if he was only bigger, then I would have more faith in him. But he is a little guy. But he's still just he's shifty. He can score from anywhere. All right, though, sticking to it. Back to the uh, the food for thought. With all the the college football coaching hullabaloo, everybody moving around. Do you think loyalty should exist in college football? Or do you think people should just realize it's a business and move on with their day? Man, that's a really good question. Um, I definitely don't like these big time school, big time coaches just hopping from like big job to the next big job. Um, it's, it's really irks me the wrong way. And, uh, I don't know. I just I can't really elaborate on it. Like, yeah, at the same time, it's exciting. It's these big fat contracts. There's a lot of expectations that come with it with guys that could probably handle it. But at the same time, it's just kind of like why, you know, Mario Mario Cristobal dicked over Oregon. Yeah, and literally, he, he fucked him. Like nobody thought that was gonna happen until just like he just left like that. And then yeah, until like two weeks ago, they were like, hey, he might go to Miami. People are like, what? Yeah. And then Brian Kelly definitely dicked over Notre Dame. And Lincoln Riley definitely dicked over the Sooners. That was hilarious, though. Which yeah. was funny because the Sooners didn't know how to react because they've always been, you know, their football royalty, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I just don't like it. I think it, I think it sets a bad precedent. I think we'll probably see some of these guys not meet expectations. I think I think all of them. I think all of these new tire new hires are not going to live up to what they're supposed to be. And it's really going to set things back down to the medium because at some point these schools have to realize like, okay, we can't get these guys a hundred million dollars a year. Like, Dude, Miami coughed up a pretty penny too to buy him out. Like, I don't know how much exactly it was, but they paid multiple like separate install, like at least 15 million just to get him like available to sign. Bro, they dipped into like COVID hospital money that the school had. Wait, really? Yeah, apparently they had a shit ton of what money the because fuck? of COVID, and they dipped into it for their football program. Dude, my, my, Miami has turned into one of the like sketchiest programs. I swear, dude. Like they, and and they're impatient as well. I mean, Manny Diaz wasn't you know amazing, but I mean, it, I think I think it, for some programs, it's a, you know, a coach isn't going to change the culture at the end of the day uh, all the time. You know, it's got to be. Uh, you know, all the way down to the, you know, all the whole athletics or what even even the uh, president of the school. It just I agree. It's it's not good for for college football. Um, I mean, I'll say this. I don't think USC can get much worse. So <laughs> I think Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln Riley, you know, and with with Cristobal even Oregon, I mean, they kind of have an opportunity to I mean, you know, Pac-12 is not very good. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, if they had the expectations and get some better recruits and all that, then I think they're definitely gonna be in conversation as you know one of the best teams again. But it's, it's bad. I mean, and the thing, the thing is, is you see all these, all these recruits like hopping schools too. Like I think it's bad for both sides. Yeah, with the NIL era, everybody's transferring left and right now. It's, it's nuts. I think my take on it though, with uh, this whole thing. 
and I kind of agree with some of the points you guys have already made about like some of the current coaching hires is I really miss, and I, I wasn't really alive for these days, but I miss the days where like, you know, rivalry games really, really meant something and stuff like that. And like with, with coaches moving, you know, just taking every better opportunity they get, you know, at the drop of a hat, it, it kind of takes that element out of college football, which is also one of the things that made college football so special is like, you know, the passion for it rather than the NFL, where it's just a money game. But now college football is kind of a money game. So like that, that's what I, I miss about it is I kind of wish that coaches had more loyalty to their programs in the sense that I think it would make for better rivalries, better games, better playoffs. Like I just think it would be a bit more entertaining, but I also understand the financial aspects. Like if Lincoln Riley turned down that USC deal, he would be fucking crazy. Like there, you have to take that. Yeah. I would have taken it. Yeah, like hundred. It's not his fault that he got offered a hundred million dollars with a private unlimited access to the private jet. Yeah, the six million dollar mansion to live yeah. in LA. Yeah, yeah, like what? In LA. Instead of goddamn Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, like that's a pretty sweet fucking deal. Yeah. And 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 your your there's his expectations aren't going to be too high yet. I mean, he's coming in. USC won what four or five games this year. Yeah, they won four. And, they won and, four and, and eight. I'm pretty sure they're they're they have the most wins in college football history. I mean, they've historically they're one they're the best program. Technically, it's like USC, Michigan, Ohio State, and Bama, and Bama's like four. I mean, just it's they're it's insane. But yeah, I you know what? It's it's one of those things too. It's it's going to be weird to see, like you said, that you know rivalry games aren't going to mean as much uh, because it's, people are going to keep transferring. Go go to the best deal that they can if you if you're a coach or a player so um it's it's gonna it, the thing is is pa- gary patterson he you know part of the reason he got fired too is you know besides on the field is he didn't he hated the nil and he hated you know players representing themselves he didn't and, want to adapt to the new era yeah no and he also didn't use the transfer portal he he believed in his system and his his way of doing things and you know, there's good and bad with that, but I think, you know, you have to, you have to be flexible. Yeah, it's, it's a new different. game now. So. Yeah, that, that is interesting, too, like just bringing up the, the whole player side of things from the Lloyds. Because also, you know, like looking at Ohio State-Michigan, like part of the reason that rivalry is so special is because 90% of the players on Ohio State used to be from Ohio and vice versa. Like Michigan players were all from Michigan, and it was like that state, right? But, you know, players are literally just going left and right. So also one of the points you brought up, too, with – um. Shoot, I'm blanking on it now. The uh, the patience, the patience of the programs like Miami is, I think, with some programs like Miami in particular, even though they're not up there with USC, they're still a pretty storied program uh, historically. So I think Miami might just be one of those programs where it's okay to be impatient because they expect so much. And if they don't get any sort of result in a short time, then like, but at the same time, that can make things worse, you know, never being able to establish culture. So it's a whole thing, but in terms, in the grand scheme of things, to answer the question, I wish there was more loyalty in college football, but I, I understand adapting to the new era of, of the game. It's just kind of a bummer. All right, and then st- sticking with um, kind of the college football theme, oh, coaching theme, actually, do you think Chip Kelly returning to Oregon is a good move? There's a lot of rumors right now that Oregon's reaching out to the current UCLA coach, former Oregon coach, what do you guys think about it? Uh, yeah, I know I was kind of dogging all on these moves, but I feel like this Chip Kelly one feels right. 
a little bit. I feel like even though he's been extremely mediocre at UCLA, he's been in like he's in like the best recruiting talent hotbed, you know, in the nation. One of the like top three, I would say. Yeah, one of. Um, and he hasn't really done anything at UCLA. Like they're a little better this year, but like what makes you think change things are gonna change when he gets back into Oregon just because you know he has that Nike money or what? I don't I don't really know. So it'll be cool to kind of get excited about, but I don't I don't think that you know he'll reach the heights that he did the first time around. Yeah, I I agree. And I mean the thing is is he's not gonna have to uh Oregon's a consistent top 10 um, in recruiting. You know, that's not going to be a problem getting talent there. The thing is, is, um, you know, if, if Chip Kelly's thinking, hey, do I, do I want to stay here in UCLA and try to keep building this program, or do I want to go back to – honestly, he shouldn't have left Oregon. He shouldn't have gone to NFL. Yeah, was, that was not a good move. Yeah. Mistake. He, huge mistake. He um, – I don't know. I, I like the move, and I think it would be an easy transition. Um for both of them, but I mean, you know, it, it'll only be bad if you know he he doesn't you know keep the program elevated like he had, um, or at least because I mean they expect to be a top twenty five program like almost every year. So yeah, I from my standpoint, I think it's a good hire because for some reason I just have a feeling that it's gonna work out. Like Chip in Oregon are just synonymous; like they go together. So. I feel like in that sense, it'll just work out. It's a perfect pairing. But at the same time, like Elijah said, he's been pretty mediocre at UCLA. Ever since he left Oregon originally, he did dog shit in the NFL. So, like, yeah, it's hard to trust he, him now. You remember that he coached for San Francisco? I, like, just forgot. And Oh, I did forget about that, yeah. It was up so, for one season, right? Yeah. Because he originally was at Philadelphia, right? Maybe two. He had Colin Kaepernick. I remember that. And everyone was like, oh, Chip Kelly with Colin Kaepernick. And then – <laughs> and then yeah nothing happened yeah yeah it was a not a, not a good setup but yeah i mean i think i think it would be um i think i think he should go honestly i mean ucla is not the same program that oregon is and i mean i think i think it's match made in heaven again so. yeah definitely all right college football playoffs were announced we got bama georgia michigan and cincinnati in the top four this year um, so with the playoffs happening or being announced this past week, I'm curious to hear what you guys' perfect college football playoff scenario is um, in terms of how many teams, how many automatic bids. I'll go ahead and start it off. I My perfect scenario, I know there's rumors about the 12-team, is I want eight teams. I want the five Power Five conference champions automatic bid. No matter what, if you win the conference, you're in. And then that also gives them room to have an extra SEC team because they always do. So another SEC team, you have a group of five automatic bid. So Cincinnati this year would be the automatic bid in the group of five. And then that's also one more wild card spot. So that's my perfect scenario. That's what I wish they would do, but I would also be okay with 12. I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I want the scenario that makes everybody happy because everyone's always just so fucking mad. And I've kind of just got sick and tired of hearing about like, how like ridiculous some of this stuff is. And I think that we should just shut the fuck up and enjoy football. <laughs> so that's, that's. Oh, did you feel idea. that way in 2014, Elijah? When TCU no, got not. yanked? That was a little bit of a different story. But, uh, well, that's, that's, that's what we're fucking. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. I want everybody to be happy. So I, if, if, does it take to stay? Does it take eight teams? Does it take 12? Do whatever. But, <laughs> okay, I get uh, that argument. People are happy right now. 
So yeah, I'd be happy. Yeah, I think. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a. It's for the playoffs. I mean, I, I think eight teams is perfect. I think Ryan, you you just said. I mean, I think, and also Elijah. You know, we're gonna keep programs happy, but also, I mean, you can't have. 15 16 teams trying to compete for the championship right i yeah. mean that's insane like yeah uh, college football is about dominance the regular season matters it has to it, yeah like every single lot like every game is so important because you lose one time it could ruin your season so yeah and i i think i think you know having one representative from every group of five i mean uh, power five uh conferences is perfect no one's can, can complain you win you're in yeah um I, yeah, I, I think it's awesome that Cincinnati's, you know, where they're at. I think it, it's it shows that you don't have to be a power five program yet uh, to make the <laughs> to make the college football playoff. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, who, who do you all uh, who do you all think is going to win it all? Honestly, Bama, even though, like, I just think it's it's going to be another Bama year. Like, I would love to say Cincinnati, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting so hard for Cincinnati. That'd be a cool story. Yeah. Call me, call me crazy, but I like Michigan, dude. I, I, they're, I like they're, Michigan too. They got hot at the right time. They just beat Ohio State, which is their biggest thing. And they're like, well, and I thought maybe, maybe they're due for a letdown after that huge emotional win. Uh-uh, they steamrolled Iowa. That was embarrassing for a championship game. Yeah, I and you know, I, I just think I also put a small bet down on them to win it all. Um, but I think they could do it. I think they could do it. I think, I think Bama's still vulnerable, like with their offensive line shit, even though Georgia didn't get the job done. So it's not like, it's not like last year's Bama, right? Like this is still a Bama team that, you know, they've been caught in some games. They lost to Texas A&M, but then they just showed the fuck up on last Saturday. And then Georgia, I'm not really sure how to feel about them, but I will say I am pumped for the Georgia Michigan game and I'm all over that spread of plus seven and a half for Michigan and uh, Cincinnati. I'm glad they could be here, but let's be real. Dude, I'm, I'm going to the Alabama Cincy game. Uh, it's at Cowboy stadium. That's sick. Dude, I'm so hyped. I'm, I'm putting a bet on Cincinnati. I have to. Dude, I, I think the college football world would just go and implode if Cincy beats at Bama. Oh like, my God. I, I mean, like, right. That'd be insane. I hope it happens so bad. Alrighty, though. Last uh, last question on this list. Sticking with the playoff theme, in your opinion, what is your favorite form of playoffs, regardless of any sports? This could be March Madness, the World Cup, uh, you know, any any sort of playoff tournament. Like, what's your favorite form of any sport? Yeah, I mean, March Madness is definitely special. Um, NBA playoff basketball is always great. It's way better than the regular season. Yeah, um, I've NBA is probably definitely the sport where it its playoff product is just so much better than the regular season product. Like yeah, I agree. Stark difference. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's the World Series, which is special. But I don't think anything beats NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So All right. that's just me. You, you know, what's always slept on hockey and the NHL playoffs. And it, that's like the only time I really watch hockey because they go yeah. hard in the playoffs. They will they'll be checking each other left and right. Yeah. And and the cool thing is, is, I mean, I'm like, you know, the NHL, there's not a lot of dynasties. You know, there's usually a new team winning every year. Um, the Lightning are just, 
you know, really good right now. But I would say my favorite personally is March Madness. I mean, how can you not, how can you not love it? I mean, that, I was going to say the same thing. I also agree. Yeah. But also in, NBA playoffs, out the good Elijah. They're so much fun. And, and, and the thing is too, is I think, you know, everyone actually gives a crap. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. In the regular season, you see guys sit in games and stuff. And you're like, bro, I came to like watch this game and LeBron's not even playing. He's not going to hurt. Like, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you pay triple the price for a ticket just to watch him sit on the bench in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. I, I agree though. March Madness is, is my favorite form. It's just, it's so exciting, dude. It's just so, it's special. I think it's just unique compared to the rest of the, the pack. But, Alrighty, though, that, that is all we got, though, for the Food for Thought segment. Uh, that is going to be it, though, having Will on the show. Will, thank you so much, a.k.a. Dunk. If you guys haven't picked that up by now, I've been saying Dunk, like, the whole time. But anyway, thank you for coming on. Um, maybe in the future we could see Dunk again on another episode. But for now, we bid you farewell. Uh, thank you for coming on. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good thanks. luck. Peace Hi. out. I definitely clicked the wrong button there, but we're good. Fine. <laughs> it's all good. Alrighty. So that went well, I think. Yeah. It's good. So we got we're gonna kind of wrap it up a little bit too long left. We're gonna talk about UFC 269 this weekend. Then I'm gonna do a little quick Formula One rant, and then of course Taylor Fade. So first up, we got UFC 269 this weekend. Absolutely gorgeous fight card. It's a lightweight title fight, baby. One we've all been waiting for. By far the most exciting division in the UFC. We got Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier, which in my opinion, this is already Poirier's belt. And Oliveira is just a slight little obstacle in his way of putting it around his waist. So what are, what are your thoughts on the, this weekend's card? Yeah, Poirier, Poirier is just, he's going to win. He's, he's gonna. Uh, would, he's minus 160, but I'm like tempted to just throw 160 to win 100. I, I am too, dude. Because he's the scary part, dude. Because he is so, and also I'm very surprised too. I thought he would be like minus 300 favorite. Really? Because no disrespect to Oliveira, because obviously he got the championship. He, you know, he it was an interim championship. It's it's hard to say it was earned, but he's been in a lightweight division for a long time. He's been winning, but. His track record compared to Poirier, like Poirier goes against much better competition and wins. Poirier is scary, man. Dude, he, he is one of the, like, terrifying. Physically, like, physically, he doesn't look the scariest, like Francis Ngannou or guys like that. But he, just the way he fights is terrifying. Because, I mean. The way that he was slamming McGregor on the ground that first that first round before McGregor broke his ankle. Yeah. Like, was insane. So, yeah, I I'm I'm gonna throw some money down. I don't know how much. I'm a little nervous to throw down. Like I even saw it was like it's 155 where I got it, um, and it was like risk 100 to win 65, and I was like, oh man, it's tempting, bro. It. Like, it's tempting because I feel like it's free money, but I already have them in a parlay too, which yeah. I'll get to the parlay at the end. But yeah, but now this is this is Poirier's fight. Yeah, I, I agree. There's also, I mean, literally every single fight on the main card is ranked fighters. Um, we got Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena, which the bantamweight title. Nunez is minus 950 odds as a favorite. 
and it's it's at this point i'm getting bored of nunez fights i love watching nunez highlight reels because this fight's either going to be a dominant snooze fest for five rounds where it's not even close or it's going to be a, a 30 second fucking flying leg kick crazy knockout because that's what amanda nunez does yeah nunez fights aren't even worth it because she gets odds like this and so it's like you can't even put them in a parlay either because it's just gonna fuck up your parlay yeah it's really not worth it like i'm you know props to pinya though for i feel like it just it takes balls to fight nunez at this point in her career but i i don't know i'm ready to see nunez uh switch divisions even though she is the champ champ i want to see her take on valentina shevchenko and imagine if Nunez won that fight, she would literally hold three separate titles in all three women's divisions, which would be nuts. Like that, that's the fight. And Dana, fucking make it happen. Yeah. And then also uh, our favorite, the Sugar Show baby, Sean O'Malley's fighting this weekend. It also makes no sense though. He's fi- he's fighting this guy, uh, Ruli- Raulian Paiva. I honestly am not very familiar with him. He's the 15th ranked uh, bantamweight fighter. But it makes no sense how Paiva, this guy that I've never heard of, is ranked. And then Sean O'Malley is still unranked. Still. So I think some of that has to do with, like, I think Sean O'Malley said that one time he's not going to take any, like, he- like top 10 fighter fights until he gets a new contract. Um, okay. I could see so that. So I think that might have something to do with it. So he doesn't want to fight anyone that's in the top 10 and risk that because he wants more money. I was just about like, to say. I bet he probably realizes he's worth the bag. Like, yeah, because he is, and I don't. I can't. I don't even know how many more fights he has left on. Probably like at this point, two or three. Um, so, but yeah, no. I mean, we're gonna see the Sugar Show. He's gonna kick his fucking ass, and it's gonna be great. So, that's actually. I never really thought about that. Why? Like, because I guess that makes sense. The fighters do have a little bit of a say in who they yeah. take. But I thought Patty. it was always just Dana screwing him up. Patty the Batty said the same thing about his UFC contract. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to fight any top 10 guys either, like like Sean O'Malley, until I get my next contract. That makes sense. Patty's been kind of a, a even faster rise to fame than, than Sugar Show is. Well, it's because but... he's hilarious. So... <laughs> yeah, his first post-game or post-fight interview. Give me a count back, you lizards. And fucking, he's fat now. Wait, really? Have you seen him, have you seen him recently? Uh-uh. Bro, he is chunky boy. I'm sure he'll cut, bro. Maybe just Patty the fatty. No, that's Patty the fatty. Yeah, that's what he's just saying. He's like, yeah, I just love sweets and I just eat. I get fat. And he's like, what do you do? He's like, yeah, I just lose the weight before the fight. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. What a character. No, but I mean, I agree though. Like Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley, he's definitely. I would say he's one of the top five prize fighters in terms of like pulling in an audience. He's probably top five. Like Conor McGregor is by far number one, far and away. But everybody loves watching Sean O'Malley fight. And he's also just, he's so damn like fluid when he fights. It's crazy. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But other other uh, big fights, the other two on the main card, we got uh, Kai Cara France, who I'm not too familiar with, against Cody Garbrandt, who is, I know Garbrandt is a bad, bad dude. That's in the flyweight division. And then we got Jeff Neal against Santiago Ponzinibbio in the welterweight division. Jeff Neal coming off a two-fight skid. Um, This is a must-win for him. He's kind of – the way I describe Jeff Neal is he's not in, like, the upper echelon, but he's, like, the king of the slums, if that makes sense. Okay. He'll beat everybody in, like, from, like, rank 10 and under, but anybody in the top 10, 
not really his. It's kind of like a like a poor man's Cerrone. Yeah, honestly, kind of. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's kind of in a must-win situation right now. He's lost his last two, including he fought Stephen Thompson was one of his losses. But if he loses this one, losing three in the UFC in a row is really hard to bounce back from. So uh, this is kind of a must-win for him. I don't really know much about Santiago, but he is ranked 14th, so can't be that bad. Um, also, the the prelims, too. I mean, this this is really just from top to bottom a great card. You got Dan Ige against Josh Emmett in featherweight, and Dominic Cruz, who's so old, but love watching him fight against Man, Pedro Munez. Prelim? Yeah, Cruz is kind of – I mean, he's he took a long break. He was like six years off the UFC. True. He's still top 10, though. He's ranked, like, number nine. Um, oh, and then last but not least, our boy, Tai Tuivasa, Mr. Shuey himself, the big boy, is fighting this weekend. You remember the, the Shuey dude? Of course. Yeah, dude, he's fighting this weekend. I love him. I, I don't know. I don't uh, know anything about his opponent, he's, but he's I love the best. Yeah, no, he's going to kick his ass. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I'm putting money on him. Fuck it. Yep. yep. Another Shuey. All right. Tell me about this parlay. Oh yeah, I've got a got an absolute mega lock, can't lose parlay plus seven hundred odds. It's all UFC, of course. I know sometimes it's it's a little intimidating to throw in the super heavy money line favorites to a parlay, but you got to do it. So I'm going Dustin Poirier minus one sixty. I think that's the biggest lock of all. And then I'm going Cody Garbrandt uh, to beat. Um, I just forgot who's fighting. Kai Kara France. Garbrandt is just a dog. He's slightly favored at minus one thirty five. Then Sean O'Malley, of course, at minus 300. That is automatic unless he has another freak injury. And last but not least, I'm taking Jeff Neal as the underdog, plus 115. Again, like I said earlier, I think it's just a must-win fight for him. So that's really the influence there. That's plus 700 odds. Plus, you got to have one underdog at least in there. So I like that a lot. I'm very, very confident. It's a one unit to win seven-ish or like six and a half. So I'm locking it in this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to tail that. You're going to tail it? Yeah, bet. I like it. I think it's going to be a fun one, too. The, the Really, I think I'm nervous about Jeff Neal, but if Jeff Neal as the underdog hits, then then the rest is golden. So I Should be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it should be. I'm considering, too, even making like a hedge bet, like a, a premature hedge bet on uh, Jeff Neal's opponent, just in case. Because I feel like that, that would be, be the smart. one. I feel like and that then, would be the one. And then put $160 on Poirier. You know, it depends on how Saturday goes, but it might be that kind of night, honestly. Depends on how the liquor's flowing. It, on, yeah, it depends on how many <laughs> beers I've had, but might be that kind of night. Okay. All righty, though. That, that's it for UFC. Big fight card this weekend. Highly recommend watching. Uh, also, though, aside, there's no call of triple on Saturday, too. NFL is always on Sunday, but if you're looking for something else to watch, we've, we've mentioned it from time to time on recent episodes, but Formula One is fucking nuts right now so this weekend in abu dhabi is the last race of the season and it is neck and neck you have lewis hamilton and max verstappen both are tied at 369.5 points each so literally whoever wins this race wins or i mean whoever finishes above one another they don't necessarily have to win wins the uh the driver's championship and in terms of the constructors championship from a team standpoint Mercedes is 28 points clear of Red Bull. So really the only way they could take the title, that Red Bull could take the title, is if Mercedes doesn't finish the race or crashes, which is very, very, very uncommon. 
so in terms of how I think this race will go, if I'm a betting man, which I am, I would put my money on Lewis Hamilton. I think Mercedes is just the better team. They've made a lot of adjustments to their car. It's out of the world. It's so goddamn fast compared to the others. So I would say Lewis Hamilton's going to get his eighth uh, world championship, but I think the fun pick would say Verstappen, the young buck, dethroning the legend. That's just my little rant uh, on Formula One. It's going to be a hell of a race this weekend. I'm waking up early, bright and early at 7 a.m. To, to watch it. So hopefully it's worth it. But that's it. So let's go ahead and uh, hit some Taylor Fate, unless you have anything to add on Formula One. No, yeah, just like I said, I'll watch it if I wake up. But if I don't, sorry, it's my Sunday, my day off. Yeah, this past weekend, I didn't set an alarm and they raced in Saudi Arabia. And I woke up at like 11 and was like, oh, I missed the race. Fuck. Like, but because I, I'm honestly like, I forget I'm a Formula One fan now. Like, <laughs> like, it'll be on. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. I want to watch this. Like, yeah. So it's just one of those things. But all right, let's hit some Taylor Fade. Let's do it. So, so no college football picks this weekend. There is one game which we can make a pick if we want. Army, Navy. Army are eight-point favorites. Navy, the over-under is 37. Do you have a pick on this one? Uh, Army. Army, really? I, I, I'm i going to go with Navy plus eight just because I think it's, it's the – what are the what's it called the rivalry well yeah but the what are they midshipmen? called no i'm midshipmen. talking like the actual like the universities like west point air force what are they called academies right yeah the naval academy in west point yeah you know what i mean but <clears throat> no what there's like a term that's, for it no that's the that's the that's their name like the navy's the naval academy i know but i thought there was a term for like all the teams like combined they're called like a certain type of team I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But that's the only college football game on this weekend. So we're going to stick with NFL. Uh, are you thinking about it now? Yeah. I, I, I feel like there is. Like there's a, a word that is used to describe like the military teams. Whatever. I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Well, let's hit some NFL picks. So I'll go ahead and start. I'm going first up. Dallas Cowboys at the Washington football team over 48. They Washington. went under last week, so I'll go – and so did Washington, so I'll go with offensive explosion at the over. All right. Hail on that one. Next up, I'm taking – this one makes me nervous just mostly because of the Jags, but Jags at Titans over 43.5, another over. Paid. All right. That's a kind of a low total too. That's why I'm a little yeah. nervous. But I feel like the Titans might score like 31 themselves. Mm. All right, next up, I'm going Seahawks. The team total, not the game over under. Seahawks only team total over 24 and a half against the Texans. I think Houston's defense has just been giving up a lot. Plus, the Seahawks offense looked a lot better against San Francisco. I'm going to fade. All right. I wish that number was 24 instead of 24 and a half. That's why I'm fading. Yeah, I, I want it to be. I might buy half a point because I want it to be 24 so bad instead of yeah. that. All right, this one, I'm nervous too. Um, the line has changed from seven and a half to ten, and but I'm still gonna roll with it. Uh, Lions plus ten at the Broncos. This is a lot of points. Fuck it, Lions win streak. Let's take Let, Lions win streak, bro. If they win, they'll still be in the playoff contention. I'm still game. so mad that I had Lions money line, but in a parlay that didn't hit. That's got to be fucking frustrating. Like, ugh. 
It's like I I was like a part of it, and then I wasn't because the Dolphins couldn't hit the over, and <laughs> you were part. You mean like just being a part of like the yeah Lions like, fandom getting the win? Yeah, and then yeah. like being there and like winning money off of it, and like you know, but whatever. All right, and then last but not least on my NFL card, I'm going with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers minus nine and a half against the Giants. That's a big spread, but I I think they're rolling after that that 41 point performance in Cincinnati. Yeah, Jake Fromm is starting this game. That's also another element. I didn't even think about that. So I'm I am tailing for that reason. Yeah, I had that pick without even thinking about Jake Fromm. That's even another reason. I no, because if it was if it was Danny if it was Danny Dimes, I would have faded. Yeah, because that I mean that is a lot of points. 10, 10 point win, but all right, let's hear but, your picks. Okay, so I got Cowboys minus four and a half at the football team. Mike Mike McCarthy literally guaranteed a win. We're fired up. Fuck yeah. He, he did guarantee a win. I saw that. Four and a half though. If this You was... know he's smashing watermelons, bro. <laughs> Before this game. If this was three and a half, I would be much more obligated to take it. I think I'm gonna have to fade. It's a it's a road game, I, a divisional game. I think the Cowboys will win, but it might be closer than four and a half. Four and a half is a lot of points. It is kind of, which is like weird to think, but in betting it is. Yeah, it really is though. It really, I've learned I've learned that the hard way many yeah. times. Um, next up, I got Bucks minus three and a half versus the Bills. I I smell a blowout. I'm I'm hesitant because I think the Bills are in must-win territory. I think Bucks are rolling, dude. Are the Bucks at home? Smell, mm-hmm. Buck, dude. I feel like the public's going to be all over Tampa too on this one. Yeah, they are actually, and which is weird because I thought they'd be all over the Bills because the public loves the Bills. Man, dude, I just... I'm going to fade just because I think the Bills need a win but i think you're right in the sense that the bucks could definitely just roll them i smell it you smell it cooking i smell it (laughs) all right uh next up this is probably my favorite bet of the week uh texans plus eight versus the seahawks i'm gonna tail that one pretty easily uh i i have a feeling that the public's gonna be on seattle after that big win they are yeah so that makes sense i i feel like that's also a lot of fucking points, especially with as slow paced as uh, Seattle's offense has been. I mean, I know I bet on them to score points, but like, I think it could be a high scoring game. And I just don't trust, like, yeah, Russell Wilson had that good first game back, but is he back back? I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, I got Packers minus 12 and a half versus the Bears. Oh, that's a big spread for a rivalry game and a divisional game. I that still Matt Nagy is coaching. I still am. <laughs> that's all you got to say. Just no, no injuries, no, 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 nothing. Just Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna tell that. I, I think the Packers can blow him out. And last but not least, uh, Rams revenge game at Cardinals plus two and a half. Rams. Oh, heavy tail, bro. I would. I think the Rams are winning this game. I'm. I'm going with money line even, but I I, so it's too. safer to take the two and a half points. So I heavily agree with that one, though. Yes, sir. All righty. Uh, that that's all we got. I have a few excess bets, but uh, I already kind of mentioned those in uh, the UFC talk. But so that's all we got for uh, this Thursday episode. It was good to be back. I missed on Tuesday. Had a, a two year anniversary with my girlfriend, so we went out, did a little fancy dinner, and all that jazz. So um, appreciate you know still tuning in for those that watched on Tuesday with Noah, and also a big shout out to Noah for uh, filling in 
Um, mm-hmm. blanket blanket coverage podcast host make sure to go check all that out but that's it for this week we'll be back on tuesday um you know ufc this weekend formula one this weekend and as always nfl so we'll be back to talk about it all on tuesday anything hey um when do bowl games start is it next week after saturday or is it's it like, another week i think the first one is like the 17th it's a you weird know what we schedule. should do next thursday huh is have one big giant Taylor fade with all the bowl games. I would definitely be down for that. Let's do it. We could even see if like Zach could come on too. Zach would be down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Zach would want to do that. Talk a lot of yeah bowl game bets. That would be great. Yeah, we'll make sure to actually take into account his picks too and our bets off of that. Um, we'd have to divvy it up though. Find a way to divvy them all. Yeah, up. like yeah, every single, every single one. And then yeah. we all do it and then see what our, our record is, who's out on top. Yeah. No, I'm or maybe, down. maybe we bring Zach in. We just give our picks, no Taylor fade. And then winner. Oh, wait, I kind of like that. We all just have our own, even if they agree with one another. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can have and all who has of our the picks. best record. Yeah. I fuck with that. Be a little competition. Yeah. I don't know. Either or. No, I'd be brainstorming right here last five minutes of the episode but yeah all right that's our show yeah y'all tune in we'll we'll have some planned uh, in terms of full game bets for next thursday but yeah thanks for listening and we'll see y'all on tuesday